Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Praise the Lord. (laughs) What a day to serve God. It is perilous times. Let me say this. This may help some of you to understand what's going on in your own life. We are in a time in which there is tremendous pressure being put on people in general, just what I would call society. And that's not just in America. That's all over the world. Pressures the world has never known. Pressures the world has never had to deal with in mass like we're doing right now. Not only that, we see a tremendous activation of, a, uh, of a, the demonic realm and all that the enemy is, is trying to bring into existence as far as the, uh, the world system, uh, the antichrist system, all of that. It's, you know, you can go listen to Brother Joe Morris, different ones. I just was listening to him back in the office his Wednesday update of how everything has just fallen into place. Just literally, you could not orchestrate what's going on in these days any more perfectly than what the Word of God lays out. It's literally happening line upon line, precept upon precept. Now, within the church, the greatest threat to anything the adversary wants to do is the church. And when we break that down, it's you. You as an individual. So what the enemy has done to the church, and I I talk to enough pastors, to enough people uh, uh, in ministry to understand this, to know it here at Island Church, other places, all of the, of the weakness, the, the, the negative character traits, anything, anything that is wrong in our lives that we just should be you know, getting right, lining up, the enemy's putting tremendous pressure on that. And if you don't understand that, and you wonder, why, why am I thinking the way I'm thinking? Why am I acting the way I'm acting? Why, why am I doing some of the things I'm doing? Why am I allowing the enemy to, 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 to torment my mind like he's tormenting my mind? That is why. It is because of your threat. You are a threat. Let me say that again. You are a threat. And if you don't understand that you are a threat to darkness, then that's going to put you in a defensive posture and you're not going to be able to survive what's coming in these days ahead in a defensive posture. You say, what do you mean? This mentality of cowering down, just waiting for Jesus to come. No, the church is going to have to be active. It's going to have to be radical. It's going to have to be evangelistic. It's going to have to be supernatural. It's going to have to move forward. And all the people that move with it are going to have to be living for God like they've never lived for God before. I'm glad you're so excited. But it's the truth. It's the truth. These are the days. I've heard uh, three different, very well-known ministers say this. These are the days of apostasy, but they're also days of refreshing and revival. That means there's a lot of people going to go out, but there's a lot of people going to come in and harvest. You decide what you're going to do. You decide what you're going to be. Listen, as for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. I mean, way back over there in Deuteronomy, talking to the children of Israel. He said, I place before you today blessing and cursing, life and death. Choose. See, you get to choose which way you're going to go, how you're going to be, what you're going to do. You need to decide, even tonight as we teach and preach these things, you need to decide to step up and wake up. Step up and wake up. Serve God like you never have before. Listen, that is your salvation. 
That is the salvation that God has provided for us in the last days. And the grace of God is going to come upon those who are radical for God, radical for righteousness, radical. And I'm not talking about political. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about radical for Jesus. Amen. You want to see souls saved. You want to see the sick healed. You want to see the oppressed delivered. And listen, as believers, we grow up quickly in the midst of this. Amen. Now, we were talking about last week the things that, that, that are coming. They're, they're, they're not coming, they're here. The things the enemy is doing to people, the, the panic, uh, the anxiety, and the anger that comes out of that. And we have to realize many times the, the, the panic, the anxiety, the anger are just signs of God. God trying to tell us, here's something here you need to get right. Here's something here. I was praying over somebody. This has been a couple of years ago. I was praying, actually it's been for longer than that, uh, more, more than two, maybe about three to five years ago. I was praying over this individual, and it was an individual I knew was a man of God that knew God, that knew the ways of God, knew the Word of God. And I was praying. I'll never forget what the Lord spoke to me because I was praying over whether to tell them something or not. Something I saw in the spirit. Something I knew in the spirit realm. And I said, Lord, shouldn't I go tell them this? It was a warning. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, no, you can't tell them. I said, why can't I tell them, Lord? He says, because I've been trying to tell it to them for 10 years and they're not listening. What makes you think they're going to listen when you, when you tell them? What has God been telling you? What has he been telling you to straighten up? What has he been telling you to get out of your life? Whatever it is he's been dealing with you about, you better respond now because that's going to be the landing pad of your adversary where he is going to come into your life and do everything he can do to make you totally ineffective in the last days. Amen. We're not going to be ineffective. I said we're not going to be ineffective. We're going to be effective in... I'm praying right now. Would anybody like to have a revival meeting in December? in-house revival, just our preachers, just us. Just have a revival meeting. If 10 come, we'll have a 10-person revival. If 10,000 come, we'll have a 10,000-person revival. Amen? Yeah. I tell you, that's strong in my spirit. I'm praying about it right now, looking at some dates, saying, you know, we can go Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, and just, just in-house preachers, in-house ministry, and just see what God will do. Amen? Amen. Amen. Why not? Why not wake up? Why not revive? Why not show God, listen, we're willing to do whatever it takes to serve you and to do what you've called us to do. Amen. Amen. Now, your judgment must turn upon yourself. There's so many people so willing to judge everybody. I listened to a guy that day. He was talking about all these preachers saying this. I thought, man, you ought to turn that light on yourself. Amen. And as you allow that, listen, let me say this. The Holy Ghost does not move except by permission. If you never say anything to the Holy Ghost about, you know, Father, I thank you that you put your spirit in me and upon me. Jesus, you gave me the spirit that abides through the new birth. You gave me the spirit that empowers through, through the baptismal measure of the Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit, I give you permission to go through my life and to pick out everything in my life that does not please God, that hinders the move of God, that hinders your healing power, that hinders prosperity, that hinders me hearing the Word of God, that hinders anything in my life that keeps me apart from you. I want to get so close to you that if the rapture would take place, the only difference would be that I'm not standing here, I'm in the clouds. You've got to be willing to do that. I heard of a, a, an old preacher and a young, I don't know if it's true or it's just a story, you know. But there was an old preacher and a young preacher sitting on a, sitting on a, on a dock 
and the, and, the, and the young preacher that knew the old preacher had been involved in many revivals, many outpourings. So he, he, he asked the old preacher, he said, how do you have revival? How did you have revival all those years? And he pushed the young preacher into the water. And when he tried to come up, he took his hand and held his head underwater. And so the guy, you know, the bubbles were coming up. And he, so he waited, you know, a minute, minute and 20. So finally he came up and that young person, <gasps> and finally he got his breath. He said, what did you do that for? He said, I wanted to show you how to have revival. He said, how does that, how does that prove how to have revival? He says, when you want God to move just like you wanted that breath coming up out of the water, then you'll have revival. Amen. I've seen them. I've been in them. I love the moves of God. But it's nothing compared to what God is wanting to do now. In the midst of the greatest darkness of the earth, God is doing a quick work in the body. He is cleaning up, sifting out, getting rid of all the dross and the flax of that which is not pleasing to Him. To do what? To make His access to us even greater so He can protect us. He can heal us. He can bless us and get us through these days, not just surviving, but thriving and bringing in the harvest. Psalms 32, real quick. This is where we were last week. I really like this scripture. I've been med meditating on it. It's really, really cool. I'm in the Passion Bible. Beginning there in verse... Uh, my letters are so small. Verse 5. It says, Then I finally, then I finally, then I finally admitted to you all my sins. No amens on that one, huh? You ever just admit it to God? Just admit it. You know, we hide things in our lives from our loved ones. We hide them from our pastors, ministers. We hide them from ourselves, but you can't hide them from God. Amen? You can't hide them from God. Notice, I finally, so that must have been a process that came to that point. Refusing to hide them any longer. I said, my life-giving God, I will openly acknowledge my evil actions and you forgave me. All at once the guilt of my sin washed away. I like this. All of my pain disappeared. Amen. Now see, many times we think, well, pastor, I'm not drinking, I'm not smoking, I'm not chewing, I'm not doing... That, that, that's not what this is even talking about. The Bible says in the New Covenant, anything that is not of faith is sin. Amen? It's refusing to respond to those gentle urgings, those gentle movings, those, uh, like he says, he guides us with his eyes, those parental looks that the Father gives us. It's refusing to do that. That, that piles one on top of the other, on top of the other, that becomes the little foxes of life that pulls up the entire plant of our spirituality. And it's amazing how the enemy can pull the trigger on it all at one time and it comes crashing down into your life. You've got to come to the point where you just give it up. Just give it up. I mean, why hang on to it? The Lord showed me a picture one time. I was talking to somebody about this the other day of a, of a believer standing in a boxing ring with his hands at his side and his opponent just working out. And the Lord spoke to me and said, this is the way a lot of people are in the body of Christ right now. They're just standing there with their hands at the side and the enemy's just wailing on their mind and wailing on their emotions and dragging up every kind of old negative mindset that they could have and just tormenting them with it. Well, isn't it time to be through with all of that? 
Isn't it time just to get rid of all of that out of our lives and to admit that's just sin. That's what that is. That's keeping me apart from God. It's keeping me apart from God's people. It's keeping me apart from the move of the Holy Ghost, the presence of God. I want it out of my life. And you forgave me. And all at once, the guilt of my sin was washed away. And all my pain disappeared. Glory to God. This is what I learned through it all. All believers should confess their sins to God. Do it every time God has uncovered you in the time of exposing. This is where we're at. We're in the time of exposing right now. That's where we are. We're in the time in which an exposure. I'm not trying to talk about something outside the walls of this church. I'm talking about in the church. A time of bringing to the surface. Bringing up the situation. Of saying this is probably your final chance. I was in a meeting one time. I wasn't preaching. I was just back to the Lord a few, few weeks, I think it was. And this guy, it was over at Living Stones in Alvin, Brother Al and Judy Jandel's church. And they were, this guy was preaching. And all of a sudden, there's a guy that, that, that moved in the Holy Ghost. All of a sudden, he stopped. And you can tell, you can always tell when it's the Spirit of God because, you know, God will move amongst the crowd. And he said this. He said, there are people here right now who the light is shining for you brighter right now than it ever will. This is your last night. This is your last night. The light will never shine brighter than it's shining for you right now. I'm going to tell you what. There was an altar rush. People ran to the altar, fell on their faces before God. You say, well, nobody wanted that. Nobody wanted that. But remember something that we've taught here and something that I see more relevant day after day after day after day. That is, we are living at the end of that 6,000 year earth lease in which man and his, God and his creation, man, have come to the strongest, strongest point of sin and iniquity. That means pride is so strong right now. Lust is so strong right now. Hate is so strong right now. Prejudice is so strong right now. Every negative sin and emotion unique to a fallen race is at its peak and peaking right now. And God's wanting to purge that out of the church. Get rid of it so that when people see groups of people on the earth and begin to classify them, they look at the church, they see God's love. Amen? Don't think, don't think God ain't. Listen, he put that man and that woman in the garden. They fell. They came out of that garden. They had two sons, Cain and Abel. And the first act of man was against itself. The older brother slew the, slew the younger brother over, a, over an offering. And we've been going downhill ever since until Jesus redeemed us at the cross. Now notice this. This is so good. For if you do this, when sudden storms of life overwhelm you, you'll be kept safe. Now what? Is there any benefit to this? For if you do this, when sudden storms of life overwhelm, you will be kept safe. Whoa! Thank God for safety against what's coming. I said they're safe. Listen, the, the predominant word, I call several pastors that I know friends of mine talk, talk with. And, uh, uh, one, one church has been in intercession. I've been 25 or 26 days now. Another uh, going into their 20-something days. Everybody's saying they're getting this one word, this one word, this one word, which I've gotten several times in prayer. Buckle up. 
buckle up. It's fixing to get rough. There's going to be some sudden storms of life. Overwhelming sudden storms of life are being aimed at this planet right now. You're going to have to buckle up. You're going to have to get ready. Get right with God. Get all that stuff, that fluff out of your life. And I guarantee you when you do, you will be kept safe. Lord, you are my secret hiding place. Protecting me from these troubles. Surrounding me with songs of gladness. Your joyous shouts of rescue release my breakthrough. I was praying the other night. The Spirit of God kept speaking to me saying, Breakthrough, 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 breakthrough. I've positioned so many for breakthrough, but you're going to have to break through. You're going to have to do it. There's going to have to be some intensity in your heart. There's going to have to be some resolve in your spirit. You can't just sit around. Listen, church, don't just sit around to see what's going to happen. You won't like it. What you're going to have to do is prepare yourself to walk hand and hand with God. Your hand in His hand, your eyes on His eyes. If you do not do this, then I guarantee you what's happening on this earth is going to overwhelm you. Now, we looked at the three, panic, anxiety, and anger. We could go into all kinds of scriptures talking about anger, panic, anxiety. But we don't need, we've identified it. What do we do about it? How do we get out of this? How do we, li- how do we live? What's going to be the signature of the believer in the last days? What's go- what is going to be the exclamation mark, the punctuation mark that God's going to put on the church? Does anybody know? It's going to be the power of God. going to be the anointing of God. going to be the presence of God. going to be the justice of God. You know what it's going to be? It's going to be the love of God. It's going to be the love of God. Because, let me, this, this, this is a situation, a lot of people ain't going to like this. A lot of churches ain't going to like this. Because they like to complicate everything, build these big doctrines. But it's going to be this simple. It's going to be this simple. Love is going to be the answer for every situation that arises. Walking in love, speaking love, It's going to keep marriages together. It's going to keep churches together. It's going to keep people's hearts from running amok. It's going to keep your mind safe from all of those thoughts the enemy puts in your mind all the time. Do not entertain the thoughts of this age. Let me say that again. Do not entertain the thoughts of this age. I have been guarding. Listen, ever since this COVID thing has started, I've been watching my mind. The enemy tries to put something. I get it out. I get it out. I get it out. And I've noticed over the last few weeks how literally my mind has been totally kept on the Word of God. I get in my truck. Somebody's preaching. I go home. I ain't got much time for TV or none of that anymore. You say, why? Because we are in literally a battle. For the lives, not only our lives, the life of our church and the lives of all of those around us that without Jesus, they'll die and go to hell. Remember what we said? Hell is forever. Hell is forever. So you're going to have to begin literally to live right there in that love chapter. Begin to let it literally saturate your mind, saturate your being. If you do not, the issues of this age are going to overwhelm you. You know, overwhelm them. They can take you over. Some of them, they're working on you real hard right now. Real hard. Political issues. Racial issues. This issue. 
Medical issue. You better get that out. You better get it out. You better get the word in you. You better get the word in your mind. You better start walking that love walk like you've never walked before. Walk in forgiveness toward others. Walk in love towards your husband, your wife, your children, those that you work with, those that you go to church with. You better let your life get literally saturated in your love walk. You say why? Because anytime God gives you a great faith challenge, He gives you a love challenge to fuel your faith with so that your faith will work because faith worketh by love. And this is going to be our greatest opportunity to love God, to love ourselves, and to love one another. And then to go out and love this sin-sick world. Our greatest opportunity. Well, what do you think about this? Well, let me tell you. I don't know what I think about this, but this is what I know. Jesus loves me and He loves you too. I mean, it's got to be that simple. And you've got to focus yourself on Because whatever, listen, there's such an intensity in the information realm right now that what you focus on for just a short period of time is going to take, take you over. It's going to take over your thinking. It's going to take over your mind. And it's, gonna, it's literally going to just, just roll in you like a storm. You're going to end up in a moral storm. A moral storm. Amen? And you don't, listen, you don't need to miss the greatest outpouring of God because of some stupid moral storm in your mind. Why do that? When you can renew your mind and walk in love. Walk in love toward God. Walk in love toward, 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 your, toward yourself. A lot of people, they get, they get panicked and they're in anxiety. And they have such anger in them. That anger is just that band-aid over all the hurt of their life, the pain of their life. I like what it says here. It says, and you forgave me, and all at once the guilt of my sin was washed away, and all of my pain disappeared. Amen. Life, listen church, Life produces pain. Period. So I've been living, I'm not, not, not in any pain. No, you're in denial is what you're in. And life now that's moving so fast. My goodness, the, 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 the cell phone you have in your pocket has more technology in it than what it took to go to the moon. Did you know that? Everything is just flying wide open. No governor. Total acceleration. Everything is moving so fast. Can't live in pain. Pain of your past. Pain of, pain of some, some, you know, people are always trying to come up with reasons why you should be a victim. They are. And boy, now, now today, oh my goodness. All you got to do is hook up with them. Man, they will patronize you and they'll pull you right in and you'll be the victim of all victims because this, vic this is the season of the victim. Or you can be a victor. You can walk in Christ more than a conqueror. Let's try this real quick. Go to 1 Corinthians. I'm going to read it in the Amplified and in the... 1 Corinthians 12. Amplified and my Passion Bible here. You know, I've been... I don't know if you can see this, but I, all, these, all these pages... I have been going through doing a systematic study of this Bible... That is so fun. As soon as I finish this one, I'm going to do the Message Bible the same way. Get you, get you some word projects. I know that's a tough thing to say when a lot of people don't even bring Bibles to church anymore. Woohoo. Amen. But get you some Bible projects. Get you a Bible study. There, you can get them anywhere. I like Brother Hagin's... Uh, Faith study course, healing study course. There's all the... Go, go to Bible school. Not formally. On your own. 
Sit down at your desk every day. Force yourself. Study to show yourself approved. Amen. A workman unto God. Rightly dividing the word of truth. That you need not be ashamed. You know why? A lot of people out there are going to have a lot of questions. You better be ready. Yeah. They, they're going to know all the whys. They're going to all want to know all the how-tos. You better be ready. Hmm, How did we get off on that? It was good anyway, wasn't it? 1 Corinthians 12. Let me get it my. I've got it marked here. Let me love the Lord. I may still love your pastor. Now listen. Let me talk to you just a moment about walking in love. I, I don't know why. I guess it's just the way I am. I draw a tremendous amount of criticism. I draw a, a tremendous amount of criticism. And it's amazing how the devil always makes it, you know, he always, if, if, whatever people say, it always gets back to you. And I'm amazed at, at observations of people. And not only that, but at the just flat lies. Just, just, you know. I mean, just, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. But in the midst of that, I've had to learn to walk in love toward people who say some of the most heinous things. The most, the most, I mean, you think to yourself, where'd they get that? <laughs> I remember somebody came to us, this is years ago, it's about 20 years ago, came to us and said, oh, yeah, we heard you were on drugs, that you divorced Leah, and that y'all gave your baby up for adoption. <laughs> we're like, Remember that? I'm like, say what? Well, that's kind of, that's, that, I can tell you a few more that are a little better than that. Amen. You say why? Listen, anytime you do something for God, you're going to become a target. And it's not what the world says. It's what the church says and people that love God say about you. I guarantee you that'll freak you out. So you have to make a decision in the midst of that to just walk in love. Say, well, praise God, you know. Because you want to kill them. Amen. Like one pastor told me, he said, yeah, I just want to beat the hell out of them, but I want to do it in love. <laughs> that ain't going to work. <laughs> Amen. So I learned that love was a mindset and it was a confession and it was an act that included giving, listen, giving, not disapproval, but approval to individuals who have disapproved of you. It's not easy to do. Amen? Now, just for, oh, how's my time? Not too good. We can do this for just a moment. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Probably ought to get out of 2 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Excuse me, I keep saying 12. I don't know why. Maybe I need to teach on gifts of the Spirit. 13. Begin there in verse 4. I'm going to read the Amplified first. Verse 4, 1, 2, 3. Now it calls in the King James love charity. Now, I've sat under a lot of Bible teachers. I love them all. And every one of them had said, now this is a mistranslation. That it's not the word charity, it's the word love. But now if you go study this word, it's really not a mistranslation. 
Because the word charity and love, the word love apart from charity does not carry the element of giving. But the word charity together with love is giving is an act and an attitude. And out of the attitude comes the act. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. That's the word. That's the word. But I like to use the word love because it's, it's, it's you know, if you're reading the King James, that's, that's, that's cool. Amplified translates it love. Verse 4, love endures long and is patient and kind. Love is never envious nor boils over with jealousy. It's not boastful, vainglorious, does not display itself haughtily. It's not conceited, arrogant, inflated with pride. It's not unmannerly. It does not, it does not act unbecomingly. God's love in us does not insist on its own rights or its own ways, for it is not self-seeking. It is not touchy, fretful, or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It, takes, it pays no attention to a suffered wrong. All of our panic, all of our anxiety, and all of our anger comes out of recognizing suffered wrongs. How many have never suffered a wrong? Nobody. Every one of us have suffered a wrong. Amen? Now the depth of that, I don't know. You're, I know my story, not yours. We've all suffered a wrong. But it's not that we've all suffered a wrong. It's how we respond to the wrongs we've suffered. Based on the wrongs we've suffered, the wrongs we've not dealt with, the wrongs that we've let fester, the, law, the wrongs that we've let get infected, the wrongs that make us bitter, the wrongs that make us pull back, back up, step back. Amen. Amen. Based upon those wrongs, we are touchy, fretful, resentful. Those three things identify what literally hamstrings your love walk. I'm telling you, there's some touchy people right now. You say something political. You say something civil. You say something about this or that. Man, people are like, hey, oh, oh, oh. I mean, they just start going off. You're like, whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Amen? Listen, I didn't play, I didn't, I didn't go into any political issues. Uh, political issues invaded everything that we're doing in life. I didn't go into medical issues. They invaded. Everything of this world system is invading us right now. It's invading our minds, our attitudes, our hearts. And if you're not careful, it will warp you. Amen. Yeah. Why? Touchy. Anything that you're touchy about. Amen. That's in the past. Things that have happened. Things that you're touchy. Man, you could come up with a, a litany, a whole list of all kinds of things that relate to everyone. Everybody. And then there are things that are unique to us because of who we are. You name it. You name it. From, from, from ethnic background to education to geographical location to you name it. You can always tell what people are touchy about because when you speak on it or you say something about it or it's referred to, the, the touchy here is an irritation. Ugh, ugh, ugh. And it warps your thinking right off the bat. Amen? Touchy. Fretful. No, touchy's in the present. Touching you now. Fretful is in your future. Resentment is in the past. Now let me tell you what resentment will do to you. 
If you've ever had something on your body, a sore something that didn't heal, and you didn't pay attention to it, did you notice it never got better, it got worse? Anything that does not heal never stays the same. People that'll, that are in medicine can tell you more about that than, than I can. Anything that the body's, what's it called, the immune system, because you've got this built-in God thing in you called the, you know, you cut your arm, it heals. That God put that in you. God put that in you. Thank God that medicine and, and doctors and scientists and people know how to, how to help you, how to fix those things, but there's still a healing process that just goes on in the human body. The immune system. Amen. But something gets out beyond that. And you just don't pay attention to it. You neglect it. It doesn't get better. It gets worse. It festers. It gets infected. Amen. And when it gets like, what, is that, what does that always produce? More pain. More pain. And listen, pain comes in so many forms, in so many ways. But you have to make a decision to deal with it. And if you will deal, why don't we like, I remember being little and not liking Band-Aids. Because I had a bad Band-Aid experience. I was always getting beat up, tore up, falling out of trees, getting stitches, I don't know how many times I broke my collarbone. Good Lord, I was always breaking my collarbones, doing all this kind of stuff. Amen. But I had a, a fell on a bike when I was probably about 10 or 11 years old, and I had this nasty, uh, we called them a strawberry on your, on your knee. Well, I got infantigo in that. Anybody know what infantigo is? That's a real fun thing to have, isn't it? And it made a little scratch that big, a big old nasty thing about that big that looked like they're going to eat my leg off. And my good old mom, bless her heart, she's in heaven. She put a Band-Aid on it and fixed it all up for me to go to school. I came home, she wanted to change that bandage. And I was like, no! I knew if she dealt with that pain, it was going to cause more pain. Let me try that again. Oh, yeah, that went over some of y'all. I knew that if she dealt with that pain, it was going to cause more pain. But if she did not deal with that pain, that the pain she was going to inflict dealing with that pain would be nothing compared to the pain I'd have to deal with down the road. Amen. Love is not touchy nor fretful nor resentful. Now let me, we're quick, let's close. You want to hear it in the, hear it in the uh, Passion Bible? Let me get over there to it. First Corinthians chapter 13 verse 4. Somebody say verse 4. Love never stops loving. Oh, that's the last part. Love is large. Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle, consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Woo-wee. We might have to go park there a little while, a little while. amen. Love's not, love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflates its own importance. Love, now listen to this, does not traffic in shame and disrespect. You know, there's just people you got to quit talking about because the way you talk about them disrespects them. Well, you don't know what they've done. Listen, quit 
using blame as an excuse for bitterness. Does not traffic in shame or disrespect, nor selfishly seek its own honor. <laughs> I like this one. Love is not easily irritated. Now that irritates some of y'all right there, doesn't it? <laughs> it's amazing what you have to do sometimes just to get someone to smile. There you go. Now you're loosening up. You know why? You know why? Your, your, your face, you can deny everything. No, no. But your face tells the story. I know why God told Jeremiah, don't be afraid of their faces. I'm going to give me a mask that goes over my eyes. The blindfolded preacher. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Woo! Love joyously celebrates honor, excuse me, honesty, finds no delight in what's wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter for it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat for it never gives up. It never gives up. I had a fight with the devil about a year ago because of things that people say. And if you're not careful, church, you get cynical. And you can't judge people. You can't judge any one person by something that's happened to you by ten others. Amen. And so, you know, over the years people come, they say things, you know, we're with you. We're not quitters. We don't give up. And then they always do. So I made a decision. I'm not going to let that get to me. I'm just going to walk in love. I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to bless them and praise God. Whatever they do, wherever they go, believe it's the will of God and just trust they're just going to blossom. I mean, I had, to, I had to change my mindset, my attitude. Amen. Then somebody about two years ago told me that and immediately the, the, the enemy said, they'll be gone in a year. I'm like, so I did everything. I probably overdid, you know, making sure I blessed them and doing this and doing that and all this kind of stuff. Sure enough, in a year they were gone. And then he said, I told you, I told, I mean, listen, don't entertain the thoughts of the devil. And when he said that, I said, here's what I'm going to do, devil. I'm going to pray for him. And I started praying for him, speaking blessings over them. Speaking that, speaking that God would, would guide their path, that God would bless their fire. Bless the, they, the, they had, there was a physical issue involved in, the, in, in something that was going on there. I was praying over that. And you know, you cannot, listen, you cannot be offended. You cannot get mad and you will not judge people you pray for. You say why? Because it takes love to pray for someone. Because prayer takes your time and your effort. Let me tell you something, church. We're going to see power. I don't know if I've sensed the healing anointing on me as powerfully as I did Sunday morning 
in 20 years. Tangible healing anointing. I, I don't think we prayed for like three people. And I, I watched the ushers. They held them all up. Isn't that right, Doc? That, that anointing would just boom. I was like, oh my goodness. We're going to see that. We're going to see people get saved, delivered. People are going to talk about church of power, church of evangelism, missions church. That's great. But if we're not a church of love, we're never going to survive the storms Amen. that are coming. Amen. If we're not people of love, we're never going to survive the storms of the demonic that are raging on the earth now and that are going to increase. Because here's the thing. When love knits us together, there's nothing that's going to happen in this area. Nothing's going to happen to the church. Nothing's going to happen to your family or you that you're going to be going through by yourself because love will so knit us together that each and every one of us will bring the supply we have to touch the lives of the other, to be the glorious church that God has called us to be. Jesus is coming soon. And He's coming back for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. Go into a season of personal inventory and begin to confess to God whatever it is in your life. I don't care what excuse you have, what banner you may try, just be honest. I like what something Kenneth E. Hagin said years ago. He said, be quick to repent and God is quick to restore. The blood of Jesus is given to the church for forgiveness he knew that we would be down here on this fallen planet 2,000 years after His resurrection in bodies that represent the maximum potential of what iniquity can cause a human body to do. And with minds so twisted by the Antichrist system that it takes everything you have to renew your mind with the Word of God and to walk literally sanely in this day and this hour. The world will call you crazy. But I guarantee you the only sane people on this earth in these last days are going to be the church that walks in love toward, his, toward their heavenly Father, toward themselves, toward one another, and toward the world. Amen? Hallelujah. Lift your hands. Father, we thank you tonight. Thank you that the entrance of your word brings light and life. Thank you that each and every one of us, Father, there's areas in our lives where all of us can make adjustments. All of us, Lord God, can hold ourselves up to the light that you produce and let all the darkness of our lives be dealt with by the power of your word and the ability of your spirit. Now listen to this by the spirit. For these are not lifetime projects any longer. If you will submit yourself to the Word and its power and its ability and allow my Spirit to move within you, works of righteousness will be quick. Conviction of the heart will be strong. Forgiveness and release from pain and anxiety will be quick. And your life will be free. Free again to worship. Free again to praise. Free again to walk in the ultimate path of my blessing. And free to show others this glorious path. Don't hold back. Don't hang on to the yesterday. That which is harmful, that which is hurtful, that which is disappointing, that which caused you to panic, that which has created anger, that which has given you pain. 
allow me to pry it from your hands. Cast the care of it upon me and I will take it. Give permission to the Word and the Spirit. The gentle surgeon's hand of the Holy Ghost knows just how to reach into your heart and carefully remove that which has been the basis for pain and anxiety. So yield, yield, yield yourself in all that you are. And a quick work shall be done great flow of my spirit and blessing shall come into your life. You'll never be the same. You'll never be the same. For Jesus is coming soon. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. The biggest criticism that Jesus had of the religious people was this. You don't understand the day you're living in. You can tell what the weather's going to do, but you ain't got a clue what's going on here. That was his biggest criticism of them. He's doing everything for, for, that he could do. They were so dis, disenchanted with him because they were looking for a physical Savior, a Savior that would come and deliver them from the bondage of the Romans because in their minds, their greatest bondage was Roman rule, not realizing their greatest bondage was the iniquity that was in their hearts. So Jesus came as Messiah. He said these two things. You don't understand the day and hour in which you live and you don't understand your time of visitation. And there is a unique time of visitation happening on planet earth right now. And I could give you some, some, some testimony and some indication of how we're right in the middle of that and we're not missing that. There are major ministries that have fallen, just fallen. I didn't believe it. I had a friend of mine call me and say, have you heard this, that? And I checked up on it. I'm talking worldwide, nationally known. They have fought for, for immorality, uh, uh, from stealing, from just flat dishonor. I mean, just have, they're gone. They're fallen. I'm amazed at that. Somewhere down the road, they missed an opportunity to make an adjustment, to get forgiveness, to press into what God's doing. Now, I heard one guy say this. I thought this was so good. He said, time has been accelerated. It's moving forward faster than ever before. It's just, it's just flying. I mean, and here we are already in November of 2020. I mean, it's just flying. And then, this is what he said. I thought it was really good. He said, when time is accelerated like that, it's compressed. It's compressed. So it doesn't take as long for things to happen as it used to. I mean, just think about our own, our own world, how an event can happen in... Tanzania, Africa and literally one minute later or less you can know about it have pictures of it, video amen you talk about a compression of time we're in it right now God is, the devil's trying to use it to our disadvantage, God's trying to use it to our advantage it doesn't take that long to get right anymore it doesn't take that long to get all that stuff fixed anymore actually I don't believe it takes that long at all I believe you can have a change of heart and have it all fixed pretty quick. That's all you have to do. What is that change of heart? Lord, I'm going to serve you with all of my heart. I'm not going to be political. I'm not going to be social. I'm going to be spiritual. I'm going to live a supernatural life. When this natural world is crumbling and falling, my life is going to be supernatural. 
I'm going to live and not die. I'm going to declare the, declare the goodness of my God. I'm going to walk in love. It's going to fuel my faith. And I'm going to see victories like I've never seen before. If you'll resolve to do that, God will back you up. And you'll never be disappointed. Amen? Isn't God good? Stand on your feet. Father, thank you for tonight. Let your word and your spirit move in us. Let it bring the conviction that we need. Father, do that quick work in our hearts. Let healing come. Let pain go. Let the fruit of love ripen. Ripen in our lives in an island church. Quickly, Lord. Let the stirring of God that has been so strong in this church, let the switch of revival be turned on, Lord. We ask it in Jesus' name. Father, in the midst of all that's going on, we declare protection and safety. All the promises of God are in Him, yea and amen, to the glory of God by us. Therefore, we declare no evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. Thanking you, Father, in our travels, the highways, airways, seaways, railways, any other way of travel or transportation. We are kept by your grace, your mercy. Lord, the, the, the labor of our hands. Father, now just a simple job carries danger. Danger of infection, evil plans of wicked men or the devil themselves. But we thank you, Father, that we abide under the shadow of the Most High. Thank you for accidents being thwarted, plans of the devil being canceled, pandemics being steered around us, healing manifesting, and joy being our standard. Father, those that work in medicine, those that work in education, those that work up in the plants, Lord, all of our people that work in the retail and the contractors, all of us that handle the resources of life, we declare your blessing, your blessing in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, that we are a witness to this world. Everywhere we go, everything we do, that we do not have to respond nor react like the world does. Help us to bring the love of God to a confused, hurting world that has never seen anything like this before. Thank you, Father, for your goodness toward us, your love, your mercy, your grace, your overwhelming kindness. Thank you, Father, for our church. We walk in love one toward another. Thank you that we are representatives of the kingdom of heaven. We are ambassadors. And Lord, we know anytime a nation begins to bring judgment on another nation, the ambassadors are removed. So Father, we thank you for an opportunity to walk in authority against the gathering darkness until the ambassadors are removed. Thank you, Father, here at Island Church. Say it out loud. We're powered by the Word. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus.